Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. The Square Ball Podcast. Hello and welcome to the show. It's brought to you in association with Levi Solicitors, who will do what, Michael? 10% off your legal fees. <sighs> every time, but every time. Still 15% on certain things. Yeah. The big three. Yep. Your wills, your probate, your conveyancing. Correct. Where can they find that? Phil Hay Show. Yep. Or whatever it's called now. <laughs> <laughs> Just fight. ask Phil. <laughs> the Phil one. Yes. Do- Dr. Phil is trademarked, isn't it, probably? <laughs> yeah, 15% off wills, probate, conveyancing. The Phil Hay Monday Club that's on Wednesday this week. Yeah. But that's why we're not calling it Monday Club anymore. We just need to mm. call it something. But, I don't know. You figure it out. Um, we used to be anti-baits. Now we're pro-baits. That's pretty good. Do you like that? That wasn't mine. Yeah. That was our friend Gamble who uh, oh, okay. who came up with that one. Probates. Do you know you know what probate is, don't you, Michael? Yep. What is it? Ooh, I don't want to go into into details. <laughs> well, there's a show to get on with. Is that what it is? <laughs> yeah. Let's just let's just talk about Daniel Farker. Eh? <laughs> go on. Just quickly mention because we're doing this for Levi's. Probate. Yeah. It's it's like the execution of a will, isn't it? Correct. So it goes hand in hand with the will. Get your will sorted out. Make sure your probate's done right. Do it with Levi's. 15% discount if you go via the Monday Club shows. Have a look on those. YouTube and in your podcast app. In the meantime, Moscow White's here as well. Daniel Chapman, hello. We haven't seen you for a while. You've been busy with the Summer Special, haven't you? Yeah, Summer Special's dead good, so everybody better go onto squareball.net and buy it. Otherwise, I'll be really sad. Uh-huh. And you do get money off if you're a TSB Plus subscriber. Yes, you do. You get £2 off. And it's only 8 quid anyway to start with. And I don't know what else you're going to spend two uh, eight pounds on that's any good <laughs> absolute shilling of that's things. something else you get two pound off if you are a csb plus member as well get i was uh that was supposed to be a limited time offer but i forgot to turn off the discount <laughs> so if you are a csb plus member you can still get on there and get it for uh cheap and if you're not you can become a csb plus member and you can buy one of those beautiful shirts and even there like half the price of a leeds united whatever leeds are going to bring out anyway so and better well we'll do farker in a minute should we mention the training wear? we've seen some of the training wear, haven't we I guess we can segue neatly into that from uh, from our own shirt. Cosplaying uh, as Celtic. We're cosplaying a bit as Celtic and a bit as Rangers, I think. Green? No, I was oh, thinking blue. The other ones are blue, aren't they? Yeah. I had to scroll down to the other it's range. Like, it's like the old chants on the cop in the 1980s. One half would be Rangers, one half would be Celtic. We're really leaning into that. I'm surprised they didn't put that on the blurb. You know, when they come up with meaningless 
marketing bollocks mm. on the blurb. They could have done that. Yes. Tapping. A, a proud tribute to... Uh, Sectarianism. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we, we have done this, so make your choice. <laughs> uh, and we've had confirmation as well of uh, Great Bunch of Lads Boxed as the shirt sponsors, which is good, isn't it? It is good. Yeah. At least the logo will look better. Yeah. Yeah. Proper and, letters in proper spacing and no mixture of uh, numbers and whatever the old guys did. Well, we, got, we, actually... <laughs> we got kicked off the Premier League tour, didn't we? Because, don't know if you noticed, we got relegated. So Fulham took our place. Now they're taking our shirt sponsor. I think they're welcome to it. They can have that. Mm. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's quite nice to have a, like a company that you can actually use, buy stuff from. Yeah. Because Spotop and all these betting companies that don't really exist in the UK, it's all very, I feel very uneasy about the whole thing. Mm. So, yeah. Boiler's a boiler, isn't it? Boiler's an aircon. Can't fault yeah. it. When we play West Brom, that's going to be televised, isn't it? In the uh, in the championship, the battle of the boilers. Mm. Because they're boiler sponsored, I believe, aren't they? Ideal. Not for me. Less than as yeah. there. Yeah. I don't, I, don't think the, um, I don't think he travels, does he, though? The, the boiler mascot. Because they do have a dressed up man, don't they? As a, <laughs> the yeah. boiler ultras. The, the boiler. Well, what, do we, mean, what do you mean it's a dressed up man? It looks like a boiler with legs to me. Well, I mean, it could be. No one's seen inside, have they? Who knows what... <laughs> Who knows what lives inside it? Can I inspect inside you, please? Will Box T be having a, a mascot? And be a nice about Box because they sponsored our charity walk. I know they did. So I'm not saying the... anything. I'm, I'm asking whether Box T will also have a... Call uh, them by their proper name. <laughs> it's, they, called, they will always be Box T to me. And uh, so they could have, uh, up against this uh, person who was dressed as a boiler, they could put somebody dressed as a box. Mm. Just any miscellaneous. And then you've got a choice of boxes. It could be a really strong iron box pretty much undefeatable or a cardboard box which I wouldn't put up against a, a steel boiler I think Water could take care of either of those of. boxes though in the, well the iron one in the long term it'd rust wouldn't it well if they're boilers like their whole purpose in life is to ingest water heat it up and then spew it out again mm. <laughs> I'm not sure what part of the family entertainment <laughs> it's going to be it was like when um, what was the uh, the the Lurpak trumpet called Douglas Douglas. Douglas, the little trombone. Yeah, he was a tromboner. He was into tromboning. That awful incident when there was liquid butter started flying out the end of his trombone. He was at the front of the East stand. That's why they had to replace him with a cop cap. Uh, wow, what a, what a picture. But the training wear looks nice. And it's yeah. good to have a proper sponsor. So those are two good things. Well, the training wear, back to our old friends, Championship Friends Unibet. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. you, you can't escape. They, um, things. It seems to be part of the territory once you're in the Champo, you must have like a second rate, mm. some kind of second rate betting sponsor. So Unibet, we wore on the shirts in the tour to Australia, didn't we, when Bielsa was here? Well, I believe they are owners of 32 Red. Right. So it's all basically the same company. So it's a choice of what thing you have on you. Okay. You wear, because Unibet were on our training wear when we had 32 Red as the main sponsor. But it was basically the same people and, you know, they're all in the same game. Michael, will you be buying any of this training wear when it gets heavily discounted in the spring? I did buy some this year, not the orange, not the bright orange stuff, to be clear. But yeah. I did get a, a couple of things for like when they were like to, to went to a tenner. Is that because it looked like Wolverhampton Wanderers? What the reason I didn't buy it at full price? Yeah, and well, not on the, like a man approaching forty wearing a bright orange shirt. Oh, that stuff oh, screams yeah. danger to me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, probably. Or maybe it's just I'm thinking of you. It's hard. Know. It's hard to hide in bushes in it as well. Yeah. Stand out a mile. <laughs> yeah, you're easily spotable, aren't you? Whereas yeah. this green one. Perfect. <laughs> so, so, if you want to, and as Moscow's wearing a green camouflage today, actually, green and blue. The uh, <laughs> hey, the, the other thing to compare is so it's thirty-five pound, which is the same price as our 
Admiral yellow shirt, and you cannot buy our yellow Admiral shirt in Sports Direct unbadged for a fiver. So there's a big, there's immediately mm. there an advantage to shopping TSB instead of uh, these guys. I do feel a little bit put out by that. The fact that you can get it unbadged far cheaper. Mm. Put a bit of effort in, and, they, like, and if you're going to put the Leeds badge on it, at least in, like, let's have a bit of texture on the badge, have it? We've just received, actually, uh, Izzy Brown's shirt, haven't we? Yeah, we have, that actually. Yeah. We're going to do some sort of raffle charity thing with it, but all the texture on the player badge, lovely. It's got real depth to it, hasn't it? Mm. It's like, um, you know, flock wallpaper that you used to get, mm. like, in the 80s that you could sort of press and it had real... It was like a 3D image. It's like that, isn't it? Yeah, this this is very clearly just Adidasco. Like a big line of people going, tss, 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 just steaming on a badge. Very flat. I want texture. I want stitching. Stitching that you can get on a square ball. I mean, they are. Shirt, the, for example. Stitching on those badges. And the, even the Admiral logo is stitched beautifully as well. Mm. Excellent. Thank you, everybody. I'm, I'm this has been a good, all the only reason we're talking about this training like here, a 10 minute advert of, so far instead of talking about us getting a manager at last is uh, so that we can try to um, sell some more of our own shirts basically isn't it yeah. so, so hurry up with the proper kit reveal so that we can trash that and sell our own gear as, as well we're going to look glorious I'm sure it'll look nice looking you know, on the basis of what we've seen of the kits so far that have been leaked it'll be grand and uh, Daniel Farker will be wearing the green top it'll look well in it mm-hmm. I think he turned up wearing his own polo shirt yesterday. I noticed he's very much he's an independent man, isn't he? I think that's very much the vibe of what you're, what you're tapping into when you when you speak when you channel Fark. Mm. Farker, sorry, Farker. It's because yeah. we've been spending time with Phil, and he, keep, he keeps veering between Fark and Farker, Farke, Farko, Daniel. It's about time we had a Daniel in charge, isn't it? Yeah, definitely, definitely. I like him. Don't know about you. I've really warmed to him. I always liked him. That's why I did such a lovely tribute to him. Yeah. All those years ago, you did, although you did tweet out yesterday, I'm sorry, Daniel. Was that to me or to him or to? It was. It was to. It was to Mr. Farker. Yeah. Why? I feel like I've undermined him now. I didn't mind undermining him when he was, when he was Norwich manager. Do you think there's going to be a backlash? Do you think we should have an internet backlash? Are you going to get cancelled? I hope you do. I probably will. People will be like, oh, it's, it's out of order. It's not this. funny now anymore. He's, now he's he's trying, you're trying to undermine the promotion bit, aren't you? Yeah. So I'm a bit worried about it now. I preferred him when he was at arm's length. At arm's length. Yeah. Although yeah. actually, I say that I am kind of relieved we've got him because yeah. he was the when once we got beyond the, the weird Premier League dreams of going oh we might still get slots we might still get Pochettino all these people that were linked when the list got whittled down to the more realistic candidates I did look at him Vieira Scotty Scott Parker Corberan and think yeah best one isn't he yeah I've been quite enjoying the uh, the sort of quiet insistence that the 49ers have gone through that very detailed analytical process all the calculations have been done we've had the best boffins on this for weeks and then like real scrutinizing the track record and uh real high pressure presentations and meetings and interviews it's just the guys won it twice before like, <laughs> really they could have i'm sure they did do all that and it's all great and it has come to uh, a good answer probably could have just said right at the start like, should we just get daniel farker no no Go do all this stuff. Like, what, okay, what does it we, say? We to pay somebody to do the, analy- the analytics. Yeah. Well, what, what did the analytics show? Well, this guy's done it twice before. He's quite good at it. <laughs> did he yeah. get like 97 points last time he was in this division? Yeah, yeah. There yeah. you go. Give it to him. Might work. Yeah, it might work. It's kind of obvious. I think it, that, I think that's the thing with it. We've become so used to Victor Alter's methods that doing something that seems really obvious is is in a way a bit... It's a bit jarring, isn't it? Yeah, it feels, it feels unsettling in a weird way because it, it should be the opposite because you should just go, oh, no, that's good but you can sort of go oh, I don't know is it well you, you look at it and you go I can't have any objection to that and mm. you're so used to thinking I don't know you're starting to make bargains in your head like well Thomas Christensen has 
you know, he's he played for Barcelona, so he's been at a big club, so he knows about expectations. All right, he's not done it in a higher league, but he's here for the long... And you start making these... And he was great for us. I don't know what your point is. Well... <laughs> I still love Thomas Christensen as well. Who has the better voice between Christensen and uh, and Farker? We didn't, both, hear, we didn't hear enough of men. We didn't hear enough of Christensen, did we? No, all, all I really remember him saying is, "Well, well, these are my players, and for them I will die." I, uh, I think I probably prefer Thomas Christensen's because I don't have your voice mm. in my mind whenever Daniel Farker is speaking. So that's the uh, the thing, and also uh, Thomas Christensen, we know. Loves cats because his uh, mm-hmm. cat, Gerson Nine, has its own. You're about to Instagram account. Hit a truth bomb on us, aren't you? A canine truth bomb. Whereas Daniel Farker hates dogs. Yeah. That's what we've we've discovered so far. He just didn't like a picture being taken with one. But, but why not two? And they were the cutest. I mean, if, anybody was, if anybody's not seen that he was being filmed outside the East Stand yesterday, and people going for selfies with him. And I think from reading the replies that these two lads had already had their photo taken with him, like twelve year old boys, and then. <laughs> You could see them hovering in the background, each one carrying possibly the most adorable puppy you could invent. I don't know where they'd got them from. And they're all like, and then just as, uh, what's he called, our manager? Farker, Daniel, gets, um, is about to get into his people carrier. They're like, oh, do you want a photo with the dogs? No, not with the dogs. <laughs> what? No, that, that's not how it sounded. It's, it's pretty much. He was. It was one of his louder moments. We that's got, not how it sounded. We got angry, Daniel. How did it sound, though? No, no, no dogs. Thank you very much. I don't <laughs> like them too much. I'm a bit scared of them. Are you allergic to them, Daniel, or is it just a fear no, thing? No, I just think they might bite me, and okay. it could be really, really sore. Yeah. And I've got training to take, so I can't be having a little bite on my ankle. He was also, because there's the famous thing about him riding a horse when he left Lipstadt. And apparently he was a little bit fearful of that as well. He was not up for the idea of riding a horse, but he was the, the owner of this. I was like, no, no, everybody wants you to turn up on a horse. It'll be great. Um, so I don't know if he is just like a general animal hater. He didn't like the horse. I watched an interview with him when he was Norwich manager on YouTube. What did he say? He said he did not like the horse. And I don't think the horse liked me, So is what he said. He's, he, I'm just looking at the photo of it now, which is worth, I mean, if you just Google Farker horse and click on Google images, you'll see it. It was suggested that he looked like he was Native American, wasn't it? It was playing a local legend, which again, you're not probably not going to get away with like, a, cultural appropriation like that these days. It's a it's a well-established German stories about um, a Native American character called Watano, who was friends and his friendship How with... How have you remembered this? His friendship with Shatterhand. Old Shatterhand, sorry. And there's like you want, you want, if you get that, you want thicker toilet paper. There's loads of books uh, written, like a series of books that are very famous in the... Uh, in Germany and one of the few works of German literature that the Nazis did not ban is an interesting piece of trivia they they were happy for people to keep reading about that 1960s there was a film with a French actor called I think Pierce Bryce or something like that I was going to um, say that and so there's a French actor dressed up in red face as a Native American in a series of films and Daniel Farker is supposed to look like him and then so his and so that became his his chairman at Lipstadt was kind of promoting the thing of like oh you look like and nicknamed him would call him what now um, and so like the last thing was he was like I'm gonna get you on a horse I'm gonna have some people dressed up as Native Americans with you on the horse the horse is wearing a nice hat covers its ears um, it's more like a it's more like a doily like a lace doily like your nan used to put under a vase on a coffee table and then all this leads up to as Daniel himself says mutual antipathy between him and the steed which now we're learning is also I don't know if the dogs had any opinions on him but he certainly did not like them 
So it needs to be, I think, pre-season training is one thing. But, um, I mean, if Pat Bamford leaves, we'll know it's because he's taken against Duke, his adorable <laughs> Labradoodle. Mm. And uh, who else has got pets? Jack Harrison was recent. I've not listened to it yet, but he was on a mm. dog training podcast. That I don't want to. Of course, he was. Uh, check out because he's um, his. I think he's got an Alsatian that he's always been training on Instagram that um, uh, struggles <laughs> struggles with obedience. Um, but the people who are doing the, the training seem to be making some good progress. At least uh, they're willing to let Jack Harrison go on the podcast. And I'm sure he wouldn't if he was going to say like, "Yeah, you guys are rubbish. My dog's a, a total tyrant." But yeah, so if all the players with pets end up leaving and Daniel Farker enforces just a cute animal-free Elland Road, the fucking cop cat's in trouble, isn't he? That's true. I think the way this is going to play out, probably, because the club will see it's bad PR, that dog's going to be invited to the training ground. Right. It's going to get to meet all the players. The tar. <laughs> It'll be the, the mascot before it, gets, it comes out on the lead. Brought, brought with his parents. <laughs> Daniel Farker just like weeping in the dugouts, crying, no, no! <laughs> I hate this. Anyway, all, all I was going to say he was... He did it, say when... Um, if, as, if you Google image it, he's puffing his cheeks out. Yeah, that's all I was going to say. Yeah, look too keen. Because as part of his, his first round of media, he's saying that they they had to convince me. What did he say? They had to convince me. I, I can't remember what he said. Uh, that the, <laughs> Just which make is, it up, you idiot. do it line for line. Yeah. Which is quite a good uh, thing to hear that he's not just gone... Uh, like Steve Evans always had mm. that thing where he's absolutely desperate. He was like, yeah... Um, Massimo Cellino said, I, if I I get to punch you in the face, but I was like, yeah, yeah, I just want to manage Leeds. Whereas Farker's like, okay, Leeds is a great club. That sounds like a great job. But you people who are now almost owning it, I don't know who any of you are. So, like, why should I want to work with you? Which is a great attitude to take. I, I Classic like that. playing hard to get Moscow. But I wonder if part of that was also was like, will there be any animals? Because I cannot, <laughs> I cannot... And then the first day that somebody's turning up with dogs and he's like, no. Just so a, there may be some uh, hardcore renegotiation going on. Just a little postscript to the horse thing. Doing the Google image search has actually led me to a change.org petition. And it's a, it's a Norwich fan uh, by the name of Adam Harding who petitioned, specifically petitioning Stuart Webber. Let's celebrate whatever happens, what has been a dream season for all Norwich City fans. What better way to celebrate than for Stuart Webber to bring out Daniel Farker on a horse at the last game of the season for a lap of honour? Uh, and that has received 547 signatures out of the um, 1,000 gold. Yeah, it's pathetic, wasn't it? Even the Norwich fans couldn't get bought into that kind of tin pottery. Well, one of the commenters who has signed uh, is a gentleman called Stuart, appropriately named, named uh, Stuart Horsepole, who has said, like to see this. Mm. Yeah, is, that, I mean, is that one of those where if they get 100,000 it has to be debated in Parliament? I uh, believe so, yeah. <laughs> Maybe yeah. we should give that a go. This is Because that's the thing with... Um, I know a lot of Norwich fans are kind of really not keen on this, so now they know how it felt when... how I felt when they took Luciano Becchio away. But we will make better use of Daniel Farker. And there is... Because of, no, there's, you'll also find on YouTube the Daniel Farker rap, which I got about 30 seconds through that from some Norwich fans, and it was terrible... And the chance they had a chant about a horse, which went as follows. <clears throat> Farkers on a horse, what a great team to support. We've got Leitner, Buendia and Rhodes. Timo Puki can't stop scoring goals. The greatest in East Anglia, we're going up. Scans. And then also, why would you the greatest in East Anglia? It's like, yeah, we're better than Yarmouth. <laughs> There's not much to, like, set you, when Leeds... It's bitch. <laughs> Leeds fans sing. Uh, with the greatest team in the world. I mean, Norwich aren't so bad that they can't be like, you know, 
great great team in East Anglia and maybe Cambridgeshire as well. Just being realistic. But the, we've got a real opportunity here. The fans. To make, to take everything that Norwich did about Daniel Farker and just do it loads better. Because mm. I don't think very, they'd very, like that. That's very lazy, isn't I it? I would enjoy that. Being absolute arseholes about everything. Mm-hmm. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems. But getting therapy has its own problems too. Like finding the right therapist fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable, too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. I do like him, though, I have to say, from because I've gone down a few uh, YouTube wormholes with him as well watching old clips and stuff he, d- he always comes across very well he's a very likeable man is he and this is possibly an extra ball member show episode here in its own right the, the manager with the best glossiest hair we've ever had mm. Thomas Christensen again is uh, is raising his hand like I said it's maybe this, it's a conversation for another day because I think we need to do research on that the young Darko Milanic would also like a word at this point as well he's got things to say that's true as was the, the very young Simon Grayson. Why, why do you like him, Michael? What is it about him that floats your boat? Pint test. Would go for a pint with him. I know yeah. you've talked about this before. Just And I think compared to... What would you talk about? It would be you apologising for an hour. <laughs> it really would. But I'm so profoundly sorry. <laughs> no, it would be you apologising for half an hour and then by that time you've had two pints and then you've got the confidence in it to start doing the voice back to him. I, I wouldn't. I reckon in person he's quite an intimidating fellow. He's quite big, isn't he? Well, that was, that was, you're taking me back to the dogs again. He's been lovely to everybody, but then suddenly mm. the temper came through, didn't it? Mm, it's true. But no, I don't know. I think it's the contrast between him and Marsh stroke Allardyce. Gracia was somewhere, I mean, he was almost nothing, was he, Gracia? The way, the way he was, the, reckon, way, the way he kind of put himself out, it was just, you went for he a just pint, seemed a very quiet man. If you went for a pint with Gracia, do you think you'd just be like sat there really awkwardly, like will, willing him to say something? <laughs> just one word answers. Yeah. You're right then, have a. What happened at halftime against Palace? Mm, nothing. Yeah, but something must happen. No. We're going to get food in here or... Should we... If you... I have eaten. Okay. Cool. Well, it's big Sam. He's just been non-stop. What a great guy Robbie Keane is. The the, mm. the laughs we had at Soccer Aid. Well, I mean, you can see on that, um, whenever you see the videos of his podcast with Tim Sherwood, 
like that's that is what it is like, isn't mm-hmm. it? And nobody wants that. Yeah, you you instantly feel a sense of goodwill towards Farker, I think, don't you? He just Be- seems because he's done it before, and uh, and he seems just like a nice, sort of fairly humble, enthusiastic man, which I think is is something. And the the fact that he when in some of the interviews I watched from Norwich as well, he was essentially forced at Norwich to go out and acknowledge the fans because he he said he likes to just stay on the sideline and let the focus be on the players, which I contrast to Marsh like celebrating four 0 defeats, going around pumping his fists, and I think do you know what good? Well, I, was, I, can, I don't mind some of that again. That was also um, Marsh used to was getting slacking Marsh off again. Marry that to then saying I don't want the fans to sing about me. Yeah. Do not sing about. He was like, I don't know. I, like, I don't want to hear it. But then also he's like outgoing, like fucking yes, yes, four 0 So that was the thing. Is I guess the part of the contrast is that sincerity to a point because I never could work out with Jesse Marsh kind of what's him, what's Mother Teresa, what's Red Bull, uh, what he actually means when he says, you know, please don't sing, but also love me. All that stuff was very whereas um, hard to decode. Yeah, I agree. Whereas Daniel seems much more easy to read, although he did, I think uh, we'll have to see what he does. But apparently, he was—he would always go and acknowledge the um, Norwich fans from quite close quarters. He go over and give them a little clap at the end of every game. So whether that turns into him going out there, going like yes, 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 and he ticks all the boxes in the interview as well. He's done the one with the club where he was talking about you know best atmosphere that, that he's experienced in in England. So he's saying the right things there, isn't he, to mm. to the fans like he always liked Ellen Road, and he's not over promising as well. Yeah, that's the other thing. A lot of it was, you know, I don't have any players. Uh, <laughs> training starts today. We play Cardiff in like a couple of weeks. Uh, they've lined me up a game against Scum in another country next week, apparently. So I don't know if I can do this because he that's um uh he did kind of go to that as well. Where he's like, look, you know, I've won it twice before, but that doesn't mean I can do it again. Which maybe is not something he said in his in, his interview with. Uh, um, it does, doesn't guarantee, do it say it doesn't guarantee it it does not guarantee it thank you but all that stuff is actually quite sensible I think um, it's a it's a shame that we can't just go yeah we're going to absolutely waltz this, this division because we're Leeds United and we are the best he actually kind of tapped into something that we were talking about after relegation which was all about the kind of the knock to our big club status that we felt because you know we are the 1975 European champions True, but then also, as he was saying, we've been in the Premier League for three seasons out of 20. And so it's kind of like, at what point, you know, if you speak to a 21-year-old and you say, oh yeah, Leeds United are like biggest team in the country, they'll look at you as if you are just an old person <laughs> wittering at them about um, weird things that never then happened. Then they'll blather on about your FIFA stats. So he's like, quite... You'll, uh, you'll zone out and resent them. He's quite sensible in a way to sort of tap into that and go, look, we need to just be like recognise where we are and um, get out of that. So, good all round then. And has it given you a renewed sense of optimism? It has me. I'm quite looking forward to the new season now. I'm saying this over when we recorded with Phil just prior to this. Kind of a new thing to get your teeth into, isn't it? Some new players to uh, to love. and Because this is the thing, you're, you're never more optimistic than you are just going into the first game of the season. And with new players, you think, I've got the potential to love you all. I don't hate you all yet. <laughs> Matthew Spring... <laughs> Jermaine Wright, Julian Jochim, kind of finally found his home. Luke Murphy, mm. great debut. That was a great debut. Yeah, I, I'm, I feel the same though. I feel like there's, I've, I want a quick clear out now. I want the players who are leaving. I just want them to go instantly. I don't want them hanging around. It's like if you're going to go, 
go now. Don't even come to training. It's fine. I just, don't think they are, really. Just go and just go and spend your time sorting out where you move to wherever you're going to. It's yeah. fine. Um it, although, it does feel like like a hard like a hard reset this summer, doesn't it? Like we've gone for a proper nuke the lot owner, director of football, managers obviously changed. Coaching staff. Coaching staff are all Marcus game. Abad has gone. Yeah, I was gonna say he's just posted actually in the last ten minutes. Has he announced his arrival at Sevilla yet? Not yet, but he has said it has been six impressive seasons, an incredibly wonderful professional and personal adventure. Thanks to so many people who have passed in this time, naming them would be endless. Uh, everyone who has made Leeds United has made me very happy. Being part of this club has been one of the most beautiful things in my life and it will always remain in my heart. MOT, come on Leeds. Marcus Abad, Abad. I'm now picturing, it's, it's popped back into my mind, but one of the, you know, he puts lots of training videos out. Um, on He's got his own YouTube channel and stuff, Marcus Abad. And there was one where it was a, a training exercise with Bailey Peacock Farrell and he pulled off a save and then he really cockily kind of tosses the ball behind his back and it just uh, slowly rolls over the line. <laughs> this one is beautiful because the thing by BPF by the end is he really just didn't, didn't give a fuck. Pontus Janssen was always screaming at him and he's just like, he would just turn his back on him, ignoring him. And like, yeah, he just like pull off a saving training and just throw the ball in the net anyway. Um, but yeah, Bailey Peacock Farrell, Hiko Garcia, Ilan Melier, good when he arrived um, Feedfeld Felix Feedfeld God um, Andy Lonergan who the list of keepers he's ruined is <laughs> endless Andy Lonergan won the Champions League after leaving us didn't he um, so there's yeah there's the clear out stuff isn't there and then I think the most exciting thing well not, not about exciting but reassuring thing about Daniel Farker is that the plan he wouldn't talk much about actually that was quite good in his first interview as well he's like everyone will talk about attacking football and then but it's what they actually do about it like you're not going to get a manager going and go like yeah I'm going to be rubbish <laughs> my style of play is going to be dross um, <laughs> so he was pretty right about that but we know from and he said I'm just going to do like nobody will be surprised by the way my team will play they're going to pass to each other and that's the thing that I'm most kind of just, yes the biggest thing and there's a big there's a risk and an opportunity of where we've got to with this season after Marsh as well um, and Victor Orta is probably responsible for this because as it stands with Tyler Adams probably going, Rockers, like I am sick of hearing about him going to real BTs. He needs to just get that done. And Adam Forshaw's out of contract. And then we've got Archie Gray and uh, Darko JB who are children. Weston McKenney went away. We don't have any midfielders. There are none. There just aren't any. There are no midfielders at Leeds United. So Do you need some? That's a problem. But it's a great, it means now that Daniel Farker can come in and can just go like, right, we're going to be playing passing football, so I need him, 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 and him. And so we actually, we don't have to worry too much about him trying to retrofit a passing game onto Weston McKenney. Not a problem. So we can start fresh in that entire department, and that makes me feel quite good about things. I, um, I'm looking forward to that, because I didn't like it last year. What did you like? All the losing and that. We kept losing. And, it, and it, we even, when we won, pass, it, even when we won, it was quite bad. Didn't yeah, really? we couldn't pass to each other. No. And I like what I liked it when yeah, the previous manager, guy from Argentina, don't know if you heard about him, mm. very much about possession football and dominating the opponents. And I heard what Farker said and I thought, that sounds quite like that. And I enjoyed that. Well, I watched, because um, we're going to do a guide on it, The when Norwich came to Ellen Road with, with Farker and beat us 3-1 in Bielsa's first season. And both teams play far better football than we have in the last season and a half. Like both teams actually pass to each other and 
seem to have something of a plan, which is quite refreshing after some of the dross we've been watching. When he was talking about what he was going to do at Mönchengladbach, which didn't go great, but then I think I think with his year at Borussia Mönchengladbach was that they've had three coaches in three seasons and each one's lasted a season and then just they finished basically mid-table every single time. So it's kind of, they seem like a bit of a... Uh, a weird club like not getting out of a mid-table mire a bit like Leeds in the championship in the mid-2010s where it's just 15th yeah it's just the same every time so it, it, we'll, we'll see whether um, not being able to break that cycle is a bad sign for us but um, yeah his style of play is possession based dominate possession like defend by keeping the ball but then with structures in place for when you lose the ball to make sure that you defend well and it really sounded like what we should have just gone for straight after Bielsa because it's what we all wanted after Bielsa like the when he got sacked we were thinking we just need somebody to keep doing this but to be more solid out of possession and I think that's basically Farker and Norwich previously because Norwich if you wanted to be uh, generous to them with their two championship titles like a little bit more of a boring Bielsa's leads like similar kind of principles but not the man-to-man all over the pitch and not the relentless all-action and obviously nowhere near as good because it was Norwich. So it, like, definitively could not be. <laughs> We've upset enough people now, then. Should we stop? <laughs> I think we've hit our rate limit for today, haven't we? Uh, well, which we thought, there is a point, uh, I suppose, about the risk, the, down, the potential downside. The worry I have with Daniel Farker probably relates to his Norwich time because those two promotion seasons, Timo Puki scored, I think, a zillion goals in each, and Emi Buendia, a zillion goals and a zillion assists. And I wonder, and then there was a very easy line to draw where Buendia plays, they win. Buendia doesn't play, they lose. And then the second season, the second time they got promoted, they sold him, replaced him badly, and they just lost all the time. So... It's almost reductive to say it's because it's probably true about everybody, but it's whether it applies with Farker to an extent is does he need really good players to be a, a good coach? Bielsa's thing, and I'm not, we don't want to have to compare him to Bielsa every time, but it's kind of the counter example. He took Heckingbottom's leads like full of people wanted, people were chasing Calvin Phillips out as if he was Mark Rocker that summer, and he turned him into an England international who goes to play to Manchester City. He took all those players and made them brilliant. Um, Farker has a good track record with youth players putting youth players in but also are they already good players it's a question but then yeah is he going to be alright without a Buendia to do all the goals and all the assists and make all the creativity happen and make and make his system work or the other option is why don't we just sign somebody like Buendia and then we don't have to worry about it and he can because the evidence with well, that's the um, opportunity isn't it rather than the worry like it's a chance now well for it is to the do, worry because do, if we don't yeah. sign somebody that's any good then that'll be, but, I mean, that'll be bad in the sense that this is what we know works with him. So give him the tools to do it and don't fuck it up. Yeah. But I guess it comes back to it's the interesting philosophical question about what is the role of a coach and if a coach, you know, needs... Because his success is all at Norwich, essentially the Zen Krasnodar, where he, he didn't manage a game because of the war. And then Munch and Gladbach, where it's just a bit meh. And before that, not really looked into his time with Dortmund reserves in particular detail because I got a life. And then before that was Lipstadt. So it's all about that Norwich team. And what that Norwich team did was it was great when he had Buendia. And then as soon as he went, awful. So there's kind of a chance now to either prove that he is the great coach and it doesn't necessarily matter who is in the team and he can do it all. 
or we just copy that. And we should have signed Buendia in the first place. Norwich should never have been promoted because Farker is a fraud unless he's got that guy uh, in his team. <laughs> and um, Buendia was playing for cultural Leonisa alongside um, Wazim Boy and Yusuke Iriguchi, uh, a club that we were allegedly partnered with through Qatar's Aspire Academy. And their best player, who then was sold to Aston Villa for £35 million, exactly our model that you pick up a 21-year-old for one and a half million that Norwich paid for him, and then you sell him, you get promoted, you win the championship twice, and then he gets um, sold to Aston Villa for 35 million quid. We didn't buy him. We've got a, a different model, though, which is buying these promising young players for quite a lot of money and then loaning them out for, for no money, mm-hmm. which is also which also good. Well, I that means, think uh, the Brendan Aronson model is perfect. The, well, that's a different... I mean, that is the, the weird thing about the transfer policy. There is a... There's various things about how that moves players off of our wage bill and the FFP stuff kind of works out as well. And also, with Aronson, I guess he's got such a long contract. If he goes and he's absolutely brilliant in the Champions League next year and somebody wants him permanently, then we're not selling him as a relegated um, championship loser who looked feeble in the Premier League. We're selling him as one of the strongest Champions League players um, in the world, a potential epoch-defining GOAT. And so we get more money for him. So it's kind of, I can understand. Uh, well, he says you don't want to be selling him from a position of weakness. Yeah. So it's kind of, we we let him go and play somewhere else and look really good for them. And then we still get the money if somebody wants to buy him permanently. A position of weakness deal. is how he starts every game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> anyway. Well, I'm, I'm, I must admit, I don't really care that any of these players are leaving, but I'm sort of annoyed that they seem to be joining better clubs. I'm a bit like, Oh, fuck off! You don't get to go but to the Champions football's League. Football's full of idiots, though, isn't it? But look at like the management oh, career. You don't get, get to go to Rome. But, you look at, but look at like, the management career of like Paul Ince and Mark Hughes. People just keep employing the same people in football, regardless of how good or bad they do, because they think they can do it better than the previous lot. Well, and that's always the thing. I mean, and I don't think he's a bad player as well. I think he's just yeah. he's just he was ill suited to the Premier League, and he was ill suited to a scrap. In much in the same way, actually, when we were going to do, uh, we're onto the midfielders, aren't we? On the members show, doing a sort of in depth analysis of the season that's just gone, and on McKenney, spoiler alert. I don't think he's actually a, a bad player. I just think he's. I was an absolutely terrible fit for our club and a terrible fit for a relegation battle. And he was terribly unfit. and terribly unfit. Yeah, you got you got yeah. that before me. Which you, when you just had to put pictures of him at Leeds side by side with him at he was at Schalke before, wasn't he? Um, Going to Dortmund now. And well, yeah, if they'll have him. They so could. says his little friend. He's um, he's, um, he's sadly he's gone private again as his little friend. He, he's, but he's hungry for the attention. He'll, he's, he'll unprivate himself. He's ruined so. my he's ruined my retreat where I referred to it as heavy meal football. Yeah. Which was which was a nice a nice plan, Dalton, but you can't even see it now. Screen. What a waste. What a Screen waste. Grabber. But I get there's that cycle of an author got a lot of uh criticism for the broken toys thing, but I don't think it was always he's not alone in thinking that. Every club everywhere, apart from the the biggest ones who can just buy ready made players, um, are thinking, Oh, I could get a tune out of that player. But they, they they've not made the best of him. It's like uh, the, it's the vanity of, of a sporting director or a manager, isn't it? I get it's vanity, but it's also necessity because if you can't just buy the finished uh, Erling Haaland then you have to look for the players who kind of need some work and so you are going like oh they've not really got the best out of Pat Bamford at Leeds over the last few years but I reckon I can get him fit and uh, and I can get him scoring again and he'll be the new um, Haaland you have to do that because you can't afford to buy the actual just completed players right we will wrap it up there for this time then and uh, come back to this one next week when I dare say there'll be quite a lot to talk about feels like stuff is happening now thank god 
Yeah. So do you want to say goodbye, Daniel? It's been quite defeating, hasn't it? These doing these podcasts. Like when we were due to do one potentially Monday, and we got it got to Sunday night. And we were like, "There's nothing to talk about. Let's let's push it to Tuesday." Then yeah. Tuesday came around, and we're like, mm. "Phil has to go meet Daniel Phil, Farker." So we can still nothing to do. Yeah. Um, Picking your new friends over us. Well, there is that, but yeah, it's um, it's nice that things feel like they're happening, and we have got some games, haven't we, as well? More friendly. So yeah, speaking, of, speaking well. of Phil, and Phil, of course, is on holiday as he always is. What's the um, other one? Oh, um, Monaco, yeah, in York. Adolf Hutter. Um, mm. when written down that looks awfully close to you know mm. who yeah anyway we will wrap it up there we can talk about the friendlies and, and all that exciting stuff we can preview a friendly can't we next week can we is that soon in depth it, yes it is a, a week today we are playing Trafford Rangers in Oslo right well uh, because because we are if you, well if you're buying an 80 because they wouldn't let us go to America <laughs> if you're buying an 80 pound ticket for that good luck to you Enjoy it. Uh, we'll be back next week, and obviously we've got more Phil Hay later in the week, and we'll uh, we'll get the inside inside track on what's happening at Daniel Farker's Leeds. Is this a cue for me? I'm not sure. sure. I'm not Daniel. I'm just his friend. We'll speak to you soon. The Square Ball Podcast. 